Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. My name is Emery Wolf. Joining me is... Nick. Just Nick. Oh, wait, Nick Lamb. That's Nick my name. Lin- yeah, that is your name. All right, cool. <laughs> and this is Just Two Camera Guys, a show where we're going to talk all things camera. Um, you know, Nick, uh, today we had kind of a weird day before we did this show, and yeah. I think it sort of threw us for a bit of a loop, but uh, we did personality tests today. Yeah. Um, both of us um yeah you sent me some things about uh some social media kind of keeping those talks going but then i'm not sure why but yeah i sent you that personality test thing <laughs> and you actually did it yeah great. it's it's one of those things i always think they're kind of fun to do i've done a lot of them in my day um but i thought it would be fun for us to go over that as well today and just sort of you know what kind of personalities are yeah. you know creates a camera guy and we did the myers-briggs some people love them some people hate them i like it it's fun yeah um so to say what type of personality types do this the thing that i think is really funny is nick and i are really different in one very unique way i think (laughs) yeah (laughs) but weirdly it seems to work anyways um so i'm gonna start with nick your personality type according to myers-briggs was the enfj or also known Mm -hmm. as the protagonist if people know what that is or if you want to google it you can go to 16personalities.com and they have it all sorted out right there we're going to go overview it i think a little bit here real quickly um but mine is the intj which is known as intj yes yeah which is known as the architect and I think let's start with the big thing, Nick, how these are really different and why maybe I think it's funny. (laughs) Well, say, yeah, I like your line. You said that they were uh, horoscopes for people that don't want to be into horoscope. What did you say? Horoscopes for the workplace or something. Yeah, many, (laughs) a few years ago, we were doing one of these things. I I don't even think it was Myers-Briggs. I was working with a guy named Adam Lark, who does some uh, design work in the city. And uh, yeah, we were doing these things and I was kind of laughing. I'm like, what do you, what do you think about these? Cause I always think they're kind of just mindless entertainment almost. Right. And yeah, his line he used on me is that these are, these are basically workplace horoscopes. So, you know, take what you want from them, uh, whether they mean anything or not, or whether they help you or not. Um, my well, thoughts on that too, is just like taking it further. It really is like a horoscope because like you know they're they're gonna say enough general stuff that they're gonna hit on a large portion of it and it's not bad stuff right um Mm -hmm. so if you can take something away from it then hooray yeah for me like so i remember janice and i did one of these like years ago over 10 years ago and it was really cool because it just allowed me to think just to see how people can think differently. So on the last one, the J and P, so the judging and prospecting, I'm very heavy on the J, like over 80%. And Janice is very heavy on the P, the prospecting. So she likes options and I just like to make a decision and do it. And so the J is the kind of person that's, when it comes to work, they're not just there on time, they're there early. The P is the one that, time slightly flexible or they're on time but yeah give or take five minutes who cares no big deal <laughs> but 
in my mind, it's like a huge, but it just let me see. It was like, oh, that's how they see the world. They're not just purposely screwing with me by being late. They're just. <laughs> that's real. Yeah, funny. I don't know. They're pretty good for me anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think the other big difference between you and I uh, to get that out there is I think we're both like we lead towards information a lot of the time. We want to know things. Mm-hmm. but the big difference is is you are very touchy feely emotional about things and how you handle things where I'm, yeah i am not at all <laughs> like i wouldn't want to hurt say something to hurt your feelings i wouldn't want to um say something to offend you i wouldn't want and i if if, like so if you said something to offend somebody else i would feel sounds weird but i'd literally kind of feel that person's like you wouldn't know you'd just be saying facts and just how it is but i would feel that emotion of it it's weird it's hard to explain yeah. you know the other weird thing for me too is like well uh like i said i, I kind of do prefer that time on my own a lot of times um so when I'm video editing, I am alone. And when I do edit things, that is probably what I'm editing for is feeling. Yeah. Well, it's not one or the other. Everybody's a mix of all of it. And you have different, it just would be maybe where you would slightly lean to. Yeah. So, you know, uh, one of the other things we talked about before the show was maybe going over some of the strengths and weaknesses. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so Nick, your, your first strength is being receptive, which I think like, that's a good thing for being a camera guy, because essentially you're, you're always taking in all this information and then you have to do something with it. Right. Um, so your first step of it is being receptive and working in this field. It, it's a collaborative field. Like you can't make it without other people. Yeah. Your next thing is, is reliable. There's days I'm not so sure about that. But, uh, <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> we're not all things at all times. Yeah. Not all things at all times, but, uh, but I mean, obviously being reliable is quite good in almost anything anyone could possibly do yeah. ever. Uh, the next one is the one I think is kind of the biggest one uh, that I see a lot of times from you is passion. Um, so you you are, when it comes to camera stuff, you are quite passionate when we do sit down. We we go into some pretty deep camera rabbit holes. <laughs> um, Strange, but true. And, and the talk is always about how can we improve things, right? Yeah, definitely a focus on improvement. Yeah. Even if it's just a little improvement, I like the idea of going, okay, we, for example, for filming hockey, it's just how can we get slightly better for the next game? Yeah, for sure. So on yours, the uh, INTJ, the first one's rational. Um, I would say that's a huge thing that you always do when you're operating camera. You'll just, just basically give you the facts and you'll figure it out. Yeah. F11 and show up, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Informed. Even so when we're operating camera, cause we're, we're a little competitive sometimes as to who can follow the puck and all that kind of stuff. But I would say without a doubt where you would be better than me is just knowing 
all the players' numbers, all their names, what they look like, what the coaches look like. Like you've done your homework there more than do, I have. Do you know what the weirder part, Nick, of that for me is, is like, uh, particularly with hockey is like, I start to know, like just how guys play the game, which is weirder. <laughs> like I could just yeah. tell like how someone's skating and I'm like, Oh, that's that person. Independent. Uh, that could be a strength or a weakness in, in this realm. Um, if somebody's coming up with a rule, that's maybe not the best for the situation. you, won't be afraid of breaking it and then figuring out the the rest later like well do you remember the well, first year we had the the big screen at the brand center and we were mm-hmm. arguing about 180 oh yeah like yeah. i was i was the only one going it doesn't matter you guys <laughs> yeah just break and it. now we break it all the time mm-hmm. nobody said a thing um curious that's a fun one um i'd say that's a trait that most camera people have i would agree with that then that's uh works well in your favor and this is oh this is a, a one that that i i like this one as well this one works this one works well with you it's called versatile oh it's called to explain to you what versatile means <laughs> just so you know <laughs> versatile means you can do lots of different things <laughs> Kids, you didn't know. Um, yeah, I guess thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Nick, going back to uh, we talked about like so there's weaknesses on here and and how yeah. those those weaknesses can actually be strengths as well. Um, so again, like one of one of your weaknesses here is in, intense. And uh, again, when it comes to the camera stuff, you do get pretty passionate things. I know particularly with you and I, we can get kind of intense about it. Um, yeah. Again, like, I think that's probably like, a good thing. I think that really annoyed with directors our... to the point of just going, what is going on here? Yeah. And I think it, but I think that's something that gels really well between you and I, right. Mm-hmm. Um, overly empathetic, which I think is interesting. Like, I think there's, there is a line like where overly empathetic, could be a problem but at the same time when you are making something that is actually really kind of touchy-feely that's mm-hmm. never a negative thing there's some stuff i maybe don't agree with personally on here it says you're condescend- condescending um i well i explained to you what uh versatile meant <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just, I, I don't really see the condescending in you. And, and maybe I think, you know, that could be like, I'm sure you probably feel at times you're condescending. Whereas I, my personality doesn't like even. You wouldn't even notice. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't like, (laughs) no, it's not a thing. Right. Um, There's some other things on here too. Being, being unrealistic and overly idealistic are your last two. And uh, you know, personally, I think I've experienced that just a little bit. And uh, where I think I've really seen this is when you will literally throw out some random idea one day and we won't write it down. We won't do anything with it. You'll have no concept of how it was just like, like idea vomit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you're like, Oh, remember that thing that one day? And you're like, yeah, Nick, we did nothing with that. (laughs) (laughs) not done um 
So those are maybe some negatives at times, but again, too, I, I, in a field when you work in things being a little surreal, maybe being a little unreal is really works with that, right? Yeah. So your negatives, according to this, or weaknesses, uh, arrogant. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to battle that one. I actually don't think I'm arrogant. Well, I think you're confident. Yeah. And like, precise. And yeah. Like there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. And I think the other thing too, is like when it comes to certain situations, I'm confident, not arrogant. I could see how it could come off as arrogance, but it, mm -hmm. it, I think you're right. It's more confidence. And then you can put me in like other situations where like I have zero confidence in. <laughs> well, that would go back to you just don't have enough knowledge in the situation once you gain the knowledge then you'd be confident uh, although that that can backfire on you too because i think i would be prone to like trying to learn too much to the point where i can't do anything about it either mm. um, so again like before before i purchase something right like i'll think about it for months and yeah. I will go through everything when I could have probably just bought the thing I was going to get a month ago and it was going to be the your same. iMac to PC purchase when you were deciding whether you wanted to add it on an iMac or PC. I actually thought it was great because you did a chart and you had all of your pros and all your cons and then you for each system and then you did a financial breakdown and you did how much they cost and then you wrote down okay, if I go Mac, I can buy Final Cut and that's going to cost me X amount. But if I'm PC, I'm going to want to go Premiere and that's going to cost me X amount of months. So you did the one year, two year, three year, four year. You had a breakdown to like five years down the road. And right, like this is where I think like arrogance and, and confidence gets confused. So I do that and then I'm confident about it. And if you ask me about it, my answer is this right away. And people mm -hmm. are like, well, that was arrogant. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's because I've been thinking about it for the last three months. <laughs> yeah. And this is the best one, especially as a camera operator, oh, romantically wow. clueless. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so let's introduce Jeremy Ratzlaff. He's a local shooter, director, DLP. Um, he's doing great stuff. Amory's seen his reel recently, loves it. It's from Moose Jaw. And let's welcome Jeremy Ratzlaff. Okay. Oh, I didn't get time to tell you how nervous I am and all this. Oh, well, we can pause it if you want. <laughs> however you guys, however you guys are on this show. Do you know what yeah. we were talking about before uh, you came in was, was personality types. And I think you just gave us one of yours right now. This, this, this <laughs> sort of nerves. Do you have you ever done like Myers Briggs or anything? Like, do you know what that stuff's yeah. all about? Yeah. Do you know what my your personality? Really into it. <laughs> That's. I perfect. can tell you my Myers Briggs. I can tell you my uh, Enneagram. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. People are doing that one lately too. What's your Myers Briggs? Because that's the one we just ran through. So mine is INFP. INFP. That's I, the exact same as Janice's. Is that? Oh, I think I knew that at one point. I think <laughs> I've had that discussion with Janice before. That's funny. Yeah. Which is, is yeah, that's great. It's a good type. I just so think what? it's funny too. So, so Nick was, uh, he's a ENFJ 
and I'm an INTJ. So I'm the only one that's not in the, I'm going to call it the green sector or the feely sector, um, which is a little <laughs> the bit. The feely sector. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something yeah. that a T would say. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of interesting. And I think, I think most would probably end up falling in that, the, the green sector of it for camera people. I'll, maybe I'm Most? wrong. I don't know. Yeah. As a feeling, yeah, I would say so. Most hmm. would, although the technical side, I could see some people really focusing on the technical and then going to the thinking side. Yeah, I could see both. But the I, so I'm a really low, 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 low E. So I'm almost in the middle. But I would say most camera guys are on the I side for sure. Mm. Mm. I think if I had to assume, I would have I would have uh, leaned towards sort of what Emery is suggesting that I would have stereotyped most camera guys as a lot more technical and and mm. uh, I've been thinking in terms of gender too. Uh, there's just this overwhelming number of and and maybe this is something you guys have talked about before uh the the overwhelming amount of male camera men yeah um versus it, it's even our show name we actually when we <laughs> did it because it was mainly a joke because people so our name come up with this director when we were both operating camera at a hockey game uh emery came up with the suggestion he's like uh why don't we do this he was like, quiet down. You're just a camera guy. So you've taken <laughs> but, it and you've owned it. That's what's happening. But so then, yeah, we named the show Just Two Camera Guys. But even then we were like, oh, yeah, the it, the industry is or the stereotype or whatever. You're right. It seems like it's way more guys than. And I think it depends, too, like on the pro profession itself. So, uh, you know, given what you do, Jeremy, there's you're kind of like this high end like almost a cinematographer kind of thing where I think it's probably all guys and then you know or or people who have those titles cinematographer director of photography etc um, and then when you get to like just photography there's like a whole pile of women in photography mm -hmm. that's almost a stereotype in itself you'll have like a uh, a couple that do weddings Mm -hmm. And it'll be the guy who does the video and the his partner will be doing the photography. So the show that I have coming up next week uh, that's shooting here in Saskatchewan, um, they it's it's all female producers and directors. And they're very they were very intentional about also finding uh, a female DP, actually, not mm -hmm. just a female DP, but a BIPOC DP. And so there was a, a short um, sort of fruitless attempt to sort of find one of those in Saskatchewan. Um, and now we're, we're getting in this incredible DP from Toronto. Um, but it, it, uh, it got me thinking about a lot. I've, I've been thinking about that since then, since this sort of search um, took place. And it was... It, I felt bad on behalf of... I mean... On one hand, we don't have much of anyone to draw from. Uh, you know, it makes sense that you'd have to outsource because this is a project that's otherwise 
very, very intent on working well SAS crew. So what, uh, why, if we had to mansplain this, why, oh, why no. is it like this? <laughs> what, oh. what is it, what is it that, um, what is it that's either keeping females away from wanting to really, let's say we're talking about this cinematography camp. Uh, and hmm. so more than just, more than just camera, maybe you're getting into wanting to become very technical astute so that you can sort of tell stories through your lenses and what what is keeping females away or or is that something that uh i don't want guys are just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know the thought in my head that popped in that just made me laugh I, I guess first off like obviously there's there's some like historical stuff that has sort of brought us to this situation i think and opportunities and, low here it really is yeah well and in general too like if you look at netflix and stuff now too like they're really pushing to get women more women directing more mm -hmm. women doing all these things um however that doesn't correct the issue that you know, there's not that many women in a DP position or something. Now, the thing that made me kind of laugh about it actually goes back to our name. And it's because you're just a camera person or a camera guy or a camera gal at the end. And it's not something that you, you go after, right? Like when I went to film school, people didn't go to film school to be a camera person. They went to film school to be a director. Mm hmm mm. So I think that's like a little bit of like why it's not filling up entirely now. And it's going to take some time before that shift actually happens and, and moves to that. It'll have to trickle down from there. Cause like, you know, just having women being in that forefront and, and then they know that it's a profession and then they'll find out that there's these other things as well. So I'm, yeah, I'm curious about your point about, uh, Go, going to film school and the people that you're going to film school with you'd say the number one aspiration is to be a director 100 and and so then you know obviously not everyone will end up being a director and so the almost sort of, none of them <laughs> it sifts down it uh it sifts out into these different roles and people find you know your tiny percentage will realize oh i held the boom pole for this student film project and i actually like that and now you know, they can be one of the few <laughs> people that like doing sound and get called on for sound. Yeah. Um, and you, what this made me think of, and I wanted to see if I could pull it up now, was because you're in that uh, Saskatchewan filmmaker yeah. Facebook yeah. group. There was a poll in there uh, that Aaron started at one point, so several months ago, and it was, um, what what is. I think it was what what got you into filmmaking or what is your favorite thing to do in filmmaking? And it seems to me, I know, I know it's not fully representative of, of everyone working in Saskatchewan, but there's a decent representation. Uh, I don't know how much time you've spent in that group. Well, that's, that's no good if I can't find it, but it was directors right up there at the top. Yeah. Um, and then there was a couple of surprising ones. I hope someone said they wanted to be like a grip. Yeah. There's <laughs> like a couple that no one voted for. One of them's like gaffer. Yeah. 
I love that <laughs> that knowledge of knowing what all those are because it happens almost every eh, second or third shoot where literally like CEOs of companies and stuff will just ask me, "Hey, so uh, I every time I watch a movie, I just I've always wanted to know this: what's a gaffer?" <laughs> and then you can go into like what a gaffer is. They're like, "What's a best boy do?" Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Um, I found it. I found it. Uh, and so here's what's interesting, because I know we haven't even gotten to what what was on the list of questions that Nick sent me. So, yeah, there's the the uh, and there's like there's over sixty votes in this thing. Oh wow. Mm hmm. So top top results here are, are acting and uh, this one person army, a bit of everything. So. Obviously, that's something we're seeing now more than than ever before. Oh, acting was so acting was way up there. On well, it. I think what we're what we're seeing in this group, and I know it's been useful for me, and 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 uh, I'm starting to see other productions productions coming from out of province, and what they're looking for is a Facebook page like this to put out their calls, um, and they're putting out the calls for you know some some pickup crew and oh, actors. Okay. Like actors are getting jobs through uh, these pages. So there's a lot of actors on here, but there's also a lot of actors on here that are also filmmakers. Uh, the crossover is, is a lot of fun. I find it a lot of fun. Uh, and then we got director, writer, and then there's a big drop off and then there's editor and cinematographer and sound. Yeah. 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 This right confirms <laughs> writer makes sense too, actually, now that I think of it. Like those are kind of like the, just you know, it's it's funny. They're the jobs I think like everybody they, they get all the attention. People think they're the important things. And like I'm gonna say this out loud. I I might get chastised for this, but a director I think is the most overrated position on production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Overrated. Well, it's funny on a so on a film crew they would always say there's two jobs you don't need experience for locations mm. and director <laughs> what's that one quote in argo about uh you can get a a, a monkey to direct oh well, yeah that's true that's, that's true uh, yeah. john goodman says john, that yeah one. exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah like so wait a minute are we all on the same page on the director no <laughs> i don't think so i don't think so <laughs> I know Jeremy's not going to be. I know he's not. Yeah. Well, can I answer the first sort of question that was posed my way on this uh, email, Nick? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I think that's a good place to start. Like, because we've been throwing all these titles around. So what what do you actually consider yourself? Mm -hmm. Well, the, the one that title that's missing here, director, DP, camera operator. Uh, I think the one label that's missing is creator. That's the... Mm. To be clear, this is not what I call myself, but I, are you starting to hear this more often? This is like, oh, yeah. what, what's someone yeah. who's, who's being successful? Like, Nick, if you were just doing Leroy and Leroy, what would mm -hmm. that make? That would probably make you a creator. That's what, you know, say, yeah. say you get called creator. onto a talk show and it's like, you know, you're, you'd be called a creator or an influencer. Yeah. Sure, sure. Before you'd be called a camera person. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, uh, I don't think that would even make the top five i don't even think they'd ever get to it before they <laughs> say that because everyone's a camera person everyone yeah. has that in their pocket uh and and so 
we have so many more categories than we ever had before. Like we need to know what, what, what we're talking about. Are we talking about content created for the internet, for social media? So you would consider yourself more of a creator, I guess, than a... No, here, uh, here's what's true for me. I, am, I think I, I would be part of this generation that started by being inspired by YouTube and just figuring out how to create stuff by themselves. But um, that got really lonely for me. Um, and now <laughs> I'm, I'm slurping up every opportunity I can get to work on bigger projects with bigger crews uh, and get mm. those experiences. Cause I haven't had those. I've, I've been in this sort of world of where everyone's their own little Island. And um, I'd, I'd fall out of love with this real fast. If that was the way it had to keep going. Uh, like I've always tried to gravitate towards any opportunity to work with others. So uh and what I found myself fitting into best is DP. Um, mm -hmm. So I really enjoy filling that role as a cinematographer on a bigger production. Um, yeah, so that's probably the one label that I would say makes the most sense to me when when a label is is necessary when you're on a project of that size. I would consider you more of an artist than any of the other categories like i would consider you definitely on the creator like your goal is to make art i don't think it really matters to you what it mm. is as long as you're kind of creating something that's got meaning and purpose and is also good and appealing and how you thought it up mm. Yeah, actually, I think this ties into like a little bit. So our last episode we had, uh, which you haven't seen yet because I haven't put it out yet, but we were talking about social media stuff and raised the question, is social media ruining entertainment? And, uh, you know, that the creator thing comes strictly out of social media, I think. And yeah, like, I don't know, it's weird. We're almost talking like it's a lower level, but it's going to be D level in my mind. And Nick and I joke about it. We're the last of the camera guys. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, so, so I'm still curious from you, Nick, like moving into Leroy and Leroy and, and this is a new space. Mm -hmm. um, is that, does that feel like a, a new thing and a different thing? And that's not you wearing your camera, camera guy hat. When you're doing that yeah no that's like that's interesting i never yes it is new and different because it's here's an example of how i would say that i know it's new and different the start of the morning coming up with ideas funny stuff i'm laughing at all the stuff it's hilarious we're going we're going we're going and if we were just filming a shoot i feel like i'm used to just working you know, you can work 12 hour days. Yeah. You get tired, but it doesn't really affect you. You just, your body gets tired and whatever. Um, but here by five o'clock, uh, all the ideas are sounding bad. Nothing's really funny. Uh, you just, my creative stamina goes way down. Like I've only, I've, I haven't exercised that muscle enough to get it so that it's really strong and it stays 
and maybe it's not even possible i don't know but mm-hmm. like i notice there's a drop off and we can only film 10 videos a day and we're that's done. a lot that's yeah. a lot no they're only 20 <laughs> second videos so oh, still like, yeah um, that's, that's you're still moving to places that's setting 10, up and oh that's 10 novel ideas that's incredible to me that you do that many in a day i, I don't a good think day. i'd say i mean you're you're telling the story about how you you think it's a muscle you haven't exercised enough i i can't think of anyone who would like that's what what would what would the equivalent of 10 10 10 novel ideas on the creative muscle be for some back-breaking camera work on like the physical muscle like Mm. you'd be i don't think there's anyone who 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 would have just an easy time soaring past 10 novel ideas in a day just think of like a even a film camera setting that up and taking it down 10 times a day that would be your entire day it's Uh so different though because it's almost all outside so the camera part i don't even think about and i have a so this isn't a show about me i don't know why i'm talking (laughs) so much (laughs) but i've almost there's a part of me when we're filming it is i kind of want the camera to be a person so i haven't wanted it to be too steady I've purposely tried to make it look a little choppy. Like it's a, it's not a professional camera operator behind there. It's his best buddy that just happens to be doing the, I don't know. In my mind, that's the thing behind it and it seems to work, but. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a dance. Every, every little video, the zoom at the right points. I'm a fan. I love it. (laughs) Well, you probably like, is your largest audience on TikTok? Um, yeah yeah and that's that's uh if it became too stylized suddenly it would seem out of place if it became too if it became too good it would suddenly seem yeah (laughs) do you have any problem with the fact that nick is using a c200 to shoot it (laughs) (laughs) um i don't spend a lot of time on tiktok i'm trying to spend more time on it but i feel like i do bump into content that is captured with a higher camera clearly and then like that's starting to become more normal um and so i don't know if eventually it's so hard to know how good phone phone cameras are going to get in five years Mm -hmm. but i don't know if eventually that'll be what you'd see like that when something's novel it's like anything captured by anyone's phone is is great but then now there's the content becomes so much that you need to do this to stand out and so like Leroy and Leroy might have maybe let's say you shot the first ones on on uh on a shitty phone and then the audio was bad uh that might have been novel but I don't know if if you would have carried this far I don't know if it you know if if the quality hadn't been if it hadn't been shot on the C200 and the audio hadn't been as good as it is then you just get tired of wind noise and tired of shaky low res. Yeah. So not at all. I don't have a problem. That's fantastic. But like you're saying that, 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 that simple fact that it's still handheld keeps it in that, um, keeps it in that accessible range. Yeah. So not that you were doing stuff on the level of Leroy and Leroy before, (laughs) but uh, you said you made that change from kind of, you know, going from something smaller to bigger. 
what what was sort of that driving force for you to do that like and 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 on top of that like has it been better for you how has it been better smaller to bigger um and again to sort of specify um i was finding ways to create things uh in that in that self-taught world and so i guess my first the first cool thing that happened to me in my well the first time i would have even said oh wow this is a career is when uh is when i started this series and i just tapped artist friends on the shoulder local artist friends and started creating little sort of documentary but but they they were sort of like what was it called again i just completely it was called that. creation's flame um, creation's flame and and uh that project concluded with this kind of packed out uh sh- screening at the moose jaw art gallery theater i think did that go to spark theater. then so what happened come in so what happened to, uh is one of the artists i tapped on the shoulder was um this filmmaker in Regina at Bernie High. And he he had he had a connection of some sort with a producer at CBC. And they were starting a show and they were looking for it was called exhibitionists and they were looking to create these little vignettes on artists across Canada. And their approach, which I think was new for them at the time, this is 2015, was to contract individual creators, uh, like mm-hmm. filmmakers, um, and 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 tackle local stories. So suddenly, what I was doing, I remember this. Uh, like they didn't just sort of decide to start working with me as a preferred. They literally took five of these original shorts that I'd already made entirely independently and just like bought them. Like I didn't have to, I didn't have to barely edit them or anything. Um, Which I think spoiled me a little because then I remember doing some, some other pieces and suddenly getting the big pages of notes and everything. I was like, Oh, (laughs) that's that's not as easy as I thought it was. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh that the last one that I did in 2019 um it uh burned me out like actually caused me to crash in the summer and and I was thinking about why why I was entirely paralyzed and it was because I was doing everything myself and that's just the way I had been doing it and they never asked me to change uh, the way I was doing it. Um, and the types of projects I started working on were, and, and, and having fun doing and not burning out from, were suddenly going and helping out uh, a friend in Regina with, with their original project. Um, or opportunities I was, opportunities I was getting to jump on bigger productions that were organized with a strong team where I wasn't even in the top, like anywhere in the top camp of creatives. Like I'm somewhere down here in, in like gaffing or something, 
but I was having so much more fun. Um, and that's still where I'm at. Uh, I, I made one short film this year that I directed and felt like a director and, and it's in post sound right now. And I, I'm so excited for, I'm so excited to release it. But apart from this one project, um, I've left this world temporarily of this kind of um, hmm, creator. I've left the creator world a little bit because I wasn't finding it fun. Uh, I was burning out from it. Um, and I don't know enough to know if that's just me. Um, I, well, like I know other creators and by creators, I'm, I'm thinking of people who are still doing everything by, and, and having that amount of control um, seems to be fulfilling uh, for them. I think I just like working with people too much. Uh, the whole point of, I remember this Creations Flame project was the beauty of collaboration, uh, the beauty of creativity passing from one individual to, to the next. And uh, that doesn't happen if you're just doing everything by yourself. And even if you can do it all by yourself, it's, it's not, the tools might all be there, but not fun. Like again, going back to our social media talk, that was one of the things I brought up this type of work and being a creator and having that pressure to constantly do everything on your own. And then you're doing 10 different jobs that's going to lead to, to burnout. Like people can't sustain that. I, I, I don't even think it's a question of if it's always a question of when. Mm, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, actually it's weird too. Like a lot of our conversation tonight from personalities up till now, I think has been about the field being, you know, uh, I'm going to say touchy feely again, you're dealing with people, you're, you have relationships to deal with and, and you can't, I don't think you can really do it on your own. I think you need other people to do it regardless mm -hmm. of whether you're a creator or whether you're, you're going into a full scale thing. The other thing I would argue about it is I actually think um, when you have more people to contribute, your, your product at the end of the day is just going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there could be a point too, where there's, there could be too many cooks and, and you'd have, there'd be a tipping point on the other side. Um, and I mean, the discussion that's always a lot of fun is, is, <laughs> I mean, we've already established here that a director is useless, but <laughs> no, it's not. No, but the idea, the idea of an of a the the controversial idea of an artur or a, or a director who who kind of is leading with a a very strong vision and and crew are just there to to sort of be bossed around and collaborate less. Um, I think what Emery was sorry, what Emery was or what my opinion of it is is. A director, so if you have a skilled crew, a director is the most important person on the set because everybody else can do the job and they're providing the vision, the clarity, hmm. the artistic side. Like they're doing everything. Um, I think the part that annoys some film crews is more in TV. So if it's a TV series and the director's clueless, the crew can pick up the slack 
and the actors can pick up the slack and still produce a pretty decent uh, content out of it. Like they can salvage it, but Mm. it's just way more work for everybody else. And it's super annoying, but on a movie or if a show is just starting out, Oh man, the director is so important. Did you follow the production of mercy? Of which? Mercy. It was a original film three years ago, two years ago. That's what happened to them. Their direct is this was Don Bird was producing. It's uh, all Saskatchewan crew, all Saskatchewan um, actors, and the director got sick, um, <laughs> and was and was out, uh, like very shortly into production. And they replaced the director with uh, a buddy of mine who is an amazing guy and super not in super not experienced in uh directing features had never done anything like that before but it was um and i was watching for it i was watching for it uh when i watched the film when which is i think a fantastic film i was watching for that dissonance or that moment when you you realize that a director changed out uh and it's a confident production it's it's uh, exactly what you just said. The the photography is consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, the performances are consistent. It's it was it was uh, very impressive to to kind of watch, knowing the background behind that production. So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, it, it's something I'm trying to learn about constantly as I'm getting opportunities on bigger productions now is paying attention to the ways that different departments are contributing something that not knowing anything you might attribute to the director or like it's 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 uh, it's almost a game you can play when you watch something that stands out to you in a, in a, in a show and you wonder if that was intentional directing you wonder if that was the dp who who was like hey what if we what if we just try this Uh, i think that those are some very wise words actually like just watching the other departments to sort of figure it out well that's those are some of the the healthiest and and again most fun projects to work on right is when you can sense oh there's actually creative collaboration happening here uh, and what you need, of course, in order for that to happen is everyone to be really excited about what they're working on. We, yeah. the, the, best, the best directors are going to always be the ones that are able to keep, are the best leaders, right? That are able to keep their crew excited about what is being worked on. And, and then you're going to get amazing ideas and just energy. Um, you're just going to get good energy. What I'm interested in, and this is sort of a question and, and sort of what's been consuming my thoughts have been what I think is a little bit of a, a changing of the guard in some ways um, with older crew uh, that are used to an industry lifestyle. And I've been on a handful of projects now that have had a little bit of both and it's fascinating to me. Uh, and then this this generation that maybe like myself have 
sort of started producing stuff, creating stuff in this province post tax credit. And they have their own way of doing things. It's a very self-taught way. Um, what I've wondered, because there's some, <laughs> there's some people in the older guard that maybe like, maybe not unlike this director Emery, uh, are just bad to work with, like just unpleasant. They're, they're bullies and they might be great at what they do. But it seems evident to me that if I was of that temperament, I wouldn't get anywhere. And I'd get shut down instantly because there are, you know, 20 dozen other creators like me who are self-taught and have easy access to good camera gear. Um, so I've wondered this about some of a select handful of people that I know uh, just sort of have a... We'll just call him Emery W. Oh, that's too much close. <laughs> just E-Wolf, just e we'll say. Just make up a random name. Um, this, like, was, is it, is there a little bit of, because I've never asked any of these bullies directly, is there a little bit of, um, is it like, is, is it, is it this kind of oil rig mentality? This is how film used to be made. This is how shows used to well, get made. Yeah. I would, I'm guessing what's happening with that, Jeremy, is people just longing for how it used to be. And then it's just an inability of uh, being able to express that properly. And it comes out wrong, would be my yeah. guess. Well, and I, I would agree with your statement. It's a changing of the guard. I'm, I'm sure it's happening. You, you would clearly know better than us. Yeah. Well, I, I, I want to clarify, because what I'm not trying to do here is, is call out any small handful of people that I'm thinking about that I know are still working in this province that are that are tough and that's a bad thing what I'm I mean I've had I've had out-of-body moments on productions where I've been out of my element and and it's there's been so there was a short film that I worked on it was uh just the majority of sort of self-taught group mm -hmm. and then and then 40 percent like crew that have done shows and know how shows work and there was just different ways of doing things i i had out of body moments where i was really frustrated with myself for not knowing um and like man if i had been worked a long illustrious career on a bunch of shows with people that knew what they were doing and then all of a sudden i find myself in this project which a bunch with a bunch of young people who yeah. inevitably have big egos because they figured out how to do stuff by themselves that look pretty cool. I guess. Did that. you have a camera um, assistant with you or were you just shooting it? I was the camera assistant. Oh, uh, you and the, were the, and the gaffer, uh, which was too many roles. <laughs> yeah. It was too many roles. The weird for, combo. <laughs> I, yeah. I was doing the most running around of, um, <laughs> but um Yeah, I was, I was, I, I was pissed at myself in 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 the middle of that project. But no, it wasn't. It wasn't smart, and I was, 
I would have had say there. I could have, I could have, I should have known uh, to, because I helped build that crew and I should have known. You can't be like hard on yourself like that if you don't know until you know, right? So now you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of no in one sentence, but I mean, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I think it made sense. Yeah. No. (laughs) And now I know. Now I know. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I, honestly, like in life in general, I feel like 95% of people really have no clue what they're doing in life. And you're trying to figure your way out through it. And we're all just trying to do the best we can. And that's sort of the position you're, you're put in with that. The fact that you did it and just went and did it like that's saying something on its own right there. Yeah. And is my, is my assessment right that you're actually probably harder on yourself about this than anyone else there probably was? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so just go easy on yourself, man. <laughs> um, thank you. You know, honestly, here's another like fact of life that will never die. The only way you can learn is by failing at things. Mm. So like, you got to go out, try some stuff out. You're going to fail nine times out of 10, but that's how you get that one time out of 10. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, looking at it from a different side too, just talking about like shrinking crews. Like I think that's technologies kind of allowed that as well though. Right. Like, cause when you think of, you know, when Nick and I were doing it to get a steady cam in to do something. And now like, I feel like it's nothing for a guy to hook up a, you know, a red camera to a gimbal and, and go. So I feel like it's not combining jobs, but it's mm-hmm. definitely shrunk some jobs. The lights are more things efficient. Are getting easier. The yeah. lights use less power. You don't, you wouldn't need a generator per se, because you got LED. So you can just plug in the house power. Yeah. So it um, sort of, wouldn't it need sort all of the guys those jobs. bring in all of the stuff. Do, do, actually, Jeremy, from your perspective, do you, do you think that's like a, is that, all positive or is there some like negatives to it um i have to admit to you that i've i don't i never bring like a light meter to jobs um which is they wouldn't now anyway most of the dops i know but that's what that's what i hate and that's what i feel insecure about is is the fact that because i've come up when i have uh it's i wouldn't know what to do with a light Mm -hmm. meter uh and you know i can light something that i'm really really proud of and 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 people are really happy with without having to really you know be an electrician or know (laughs) things that gaffers would have had to know Mm -hmm. 20 years ago um and that is, huh, I guess, something that I want to constantly be aware of and keep thinking about. Um, it, it feels cheap uh, if, I, if I stop and think about it. It, it feels like, um, you know, I, I'm frustrated with, with the digital generation. Do you, do you think that's just like a stigma, though? Like, like over time i think like 
as a society, we're going to kind of overcome that. Cause I think that's, that's actually kind of the general feel is like uh, Peter McKinnon did the thing about being just a YouTuber. We're just camera guys. Right. But like, it's like I said, I almost feel like it's just a stigma. Like these things are just that, but like realistically in the future, like you're not even going to have to know what a histogram is. You're just going to like HDR and play and record or whatever. Right. And you're done. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I mean, I, I'll say I haven't bumped, I haven't personally bumped into it out much outside of my own mind. So, you know, I've never been in a scenario where someone else has made me feel like I should feel shitty for not knowing, uh, you know, how to shoot on a film camera, how to expose with a light meter. Yeah, you don't. But I, I feel bad about that. (laughs) You don't need to. The histogram is your light meter. That's all the the light meter was there. Yeah, right. Probably every every single production you've been on has probably been like histogram run. Yeah, it's uh, false color. Is okay. Yeah, yeah. what's a lot of fun, man. Like even this. So I've got my lights here, right? Uh And but it's not like I'm not using a light mirror like who uses that crap nowadays you know (laughs) or nick nick went out shooting with me and i was telling him like how i do some photography stuff and like i absolutely nailed this one shot and nick was asking me about it i'm like "Ah, that's good enough and i'm like i'm showing him the histogram like i'm i'm within my things like if i'm not going to double check it i can see on the lcd that it's good enough Mm -hmm. But I'm not gonna. If I want to double check it, I'll double check that histogram, and if I can fall within my range or it looks reasonable, I'm good enough. And then when we got back and actually looked at it, we we're both like, "Damn, like that was the shot of the day, right?" And but at the time, we acted like it was nothing, or at least I did. Nick Nick thought he had a better shot, but he clearly did not. Mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm deeply fascinated and motivated by film history and i love i love the history of cameras and i love the history of camera camera people camera guys that experimented um and 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 earned hard one shots so one of the things i wonder about and i wonder if you wonder about this too are like what are the, what, what is there left to do? What's it, what's a hard one shot anymore? That's a great, well, okay. You know, where it actually takes a lot of work and a lot of ingenuity and a lot of effort to, you know, when the tools now allow us to do everything. You know what? So you'll probably actually appreciate this, Jeremy. Do you want so crazy? When I started off camera assisting, um, my I needed to learn how to load and download film. Like we were working in film. And so you would, when you were a trainee, they would get you to take the film from the bag. They would never start you offloading film. You would always be just loading new film in mm-hmm. because if you, they, you don't start a trainee and downloading film because it's, they screw it up. It's that's the film. <laughs> then everything they've shot is gone. But so they start you with a new roll of film. Then if you mess that up, you only waste 400 bucks or whatever thing cost mm-hmm. at the time of a new 
thing of film. But I remember I put it in and I jammed it so bad that they couldn't get it out. And then they had to flash the film and the guy had to take the mag right apart and clear it up. And then it was like, all right, Nick's not allowed to load film anymore. <laughs> well, they didn't use my name even. It was like, all right, the trainee's off the loading. He's not allowed to touch the film. Trainee's off film. <laughs> and it's like, I wasn't allowed to go in the dark room for the whole rest of the show. It wasn't allowed to, but it was like a crazy, crazy process. And you had to be like, just bring yourself back to going, okay, do I have it in the tin? I'm going to double check that. Now I can open the door. It was, it was an actual crazy thing. That doesn't so answer Jeremy, your wonder question. I'm no, not. It didn't help at all. That's a horrifying uh, story. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm actually curious and, and maybe this might help you too, but um, what do you do for you? Hmm. That's a great one. I'm talking about me, Emery. Well, Haven't you got that? You, like well we've had this talk like with with other people before too like how it's important that you're doing projects for just jeremy mm. just yourself and and it's important that you find a way to to keep yourself inspired so and generally those projects you do for just yourself are are those things so is there mm. something you do for you like in a uh, in a routine type way um, do you know, I honestly too, it doesn't even have to be camera related. Um, so like, oh, I mean, yeah, well it's, it's an honestly a discipline to watch films. Um, and by watch films, I mean, seek out films that aren't just, you know, front page of Netflix that you've probably seen before. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's the discipline seeking out new films. Um, do you have people you watch films with and bounce that off of like a bit of a community with that or yeah a little bit and it's um something i need to figure out how to do more because i like i had the busiest year of my life just this past year and um like unhealthy levels of workaholicism mm -hmm. and and that's uh I'm, I'm just coming out of it now this month has been coming out of it and realizing oh, my goodness i've watched maybe two films this entire year um and and dropped off the map from little film groups that i was a part of um and that's not good and i'm suffering from it so it's something i'm working on getting but that is and it, it was only like within the last couple of years that that occurred to me that that's a thing, that's a discipline. Um, Cause I used to just, you know, before I was actively working on film projects all the time, that was, I was just automatically watching three films a week. Um, Cause I had the time to do that. And that was my education. Yeah. Um, is there something that you do like physically? that even just inspires you so like uh this this sounds stupid but like and and this is like about the lowest level of skill that i will ever publicly declare in my life but uh during the pandemic and stuff like just to kill time i started doing like paint by numbers because they're fun <laughs> to me right just to like physically do that but like getting out of what my normal is and doing something else that still feels creative um 
Emery and, uh, is good at hawk gluing acorns onto pictures. <laughs> and cut, cutting potatoes up as well. Uh, but like just doing stuff like that just gets me out of it so that I can come back refreshed or I, I go fishing a lot right like heading mm-hmm. up north is is like a real recharge for me okay hmm I'm I really want to have a good answer to that question and the fact that I don't tells me I'm still a workaholic even now <laughs> and need to figure it out to um find those disciplines outside of my career but you could um, take great joy in this too. Like that could be. Yeah. Or just, just as long as you actually going back to what I said earlier to get find or have an outlet where you can make those nine out of 10 mistakes. And, but it's okay. Like mm. I've just started shooting film again here too. And it's like, mm. I, I completely exposed a roll of film, but do you know what? It doesn't matter because I'm here to relearn it all anyways. Right. Hmm. Do you have some film? Are you like Bullock's camera? Or what do you have? Uh, so and film, just like thirty-five. So just still stuff. Nice. So I just bought like this. Uh, actually, a guy we were working with had an old Pentax, and yeah, started shooting that. And then and yeah, just everywhere I go now, it's part of my camera bag. And just it's like, oh, this would be a good time. Let's see how this works on film, right? And just go, just cause. And developing. I've got color developer here now, which I've never done color developing. But I have it here. I have to mix the chemicals up and whatever. I'm going to do it. I'm probably going to mess it up and waste a hundred bucks, but whatever. <laughs> I've, I've, I've spent a hundred bucks on dumber things, right? I love that. I love that. As one of the, one of the first um, artists I featured, Stefan Litzter, he's a captain out at the base, uh, 15 wing. And he would walk around with the giant, large format, like wooden camera. And that's how I bumped into him. That's how I started talking to him. And I learned so much following him around and watching him do his thing and thinking about, oh, this is a $4 shot. This large format slide is $4 by itself. Mm. Just this one shot. <laughs> um, and then more impressively, again, watching the, uh, the self-developing and the brain-numbing levels of variables that are at play when you're self-developing and you can choose to expose different parts i mean it's, it's like you know nick we can work in like power windows and resolve and kind of like oh, that's sort of fun and then there's you know piece of cardboard stefan's there the light, like manually doing his power windows around yeah. parts of, of a large format print um that's stuck with me and i i um I want to I want to find someone like that again to do that with because uh, again I love it in theory I I think I get lonely way too easily and this is this is speaking as an introvert to be clear I'm introverted but um I there's only so much I can just focus on by myself before it's just not fun and I want to be doing it with someone um that's huge. So I want to find someone to do film with again. If you're uh, taking film stills around Moostra, let me know, and I'd love to come and oh, for and sure watch you. Watch you great to watch hang you out do with. That. He's a he's an easy hang. Um, we got five minutes left. Tell us, um, plug something you're working on. Uh, 
where can we find you? What's, I don't know, plug yourself a bit here. Yeah, what's the best Jeremy Ratzlaff advertisement? <laughs> um, I, I mean, biggest thing career-wise is uh, I've been working a lot with Dylan Hirschuk up in Saskatoon. He's Versa Films. And we're, we're merging companies and I'm going to move up to Saskatoon. Wow. And oh, wow. Yeah, which is the biggest sort of career move that I've ever done. Um, and we've been working together for a year and it's a really good fit. And so that's a lot of music videos. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I'm, I, I, he's someone I hope you can try to talk to and, and try to get on your show. Um, oh, that'd be and great. Get to know because he is uh he's doing something really interesting and and he'd have more to say just the things i'm thinking about he's he's kind of actively doing in the sense of coming out of a self-taught world um and making moves and kind of pulling international attention to projects being made in saskatchewan no, I was just going to say, like, just to sort of wrap it up, uh, your social media and stuff. I was checking out your Instagram the other day. I don't quite remember what it is. I'm guessing at Jeremy Ratzlaff. Yeah. If Instagram's live anymore, maybe it's, uh, I had a moment today where I was like, oh, what if, what if Facebook and Instagram are just gone for good? How much healthier of a place will our world be? Yeah. I heard it just <laughs> dropped today. That was the weird, I didn't even notice until just before this, but yeah. Um, uh, for better or worse, my Instagram is back online. Um, and yeah, so it's just my name. Yeah, and jeremyratzlaff.com, correct? That's right. What's That's the right. new company name going to be? Versa Films. Versa? Yeah, I started, uh, I started Lamp Black Studios two years ago, and uh, bad name. Everyone wants to flip the, uh, everyone wants to say Black Lamp, because that's what our brain does with adjectives. Um, I remember being so excited that I found a word that, that was like lamp black. It's, it's this, it's the black kind of soot that forms on glass when exposed to flame. Yeah. That's so cool, but not cool if nobody knows or uses that word in their <laughs> vocabulary. Hey, it's better than sticks production or whatever. <laughs> second sticks. No, I remember second sticks. I remember second sticks. Anyways, man, uh, thanks a lot for doing this. It was good to have you on. I can't wait to edit this because I know there's already like a few profound things that I want to yeah. dig out and, and make sure we get in there. So uh, I was trying, I was trying to tell Jeremy uh, or not Jeremy. I was trying to tell Emery like about you, Jeremy. Mm. And I was just like, I was like, cannot worry at all. Cause he was, we're not getting nervous, but like your stuff looks really good. Like all your stuff's just really, really good. I was just like, don't like Jeremy is literally one of the nicest guys. I was like, he'll be so easy. It's just like, oh. I can't explain it, but yeah, it's a, it's a good change from working with Nick all the time. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Thank you. Um... <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot. No, I was incredibly nervous going to this. Um, Nick taught me how to use my first camera. It was like a yeah. Canon. It was like a little camcorder, Canon camcorder. Luckily, it was, was all uphill from there videos. for you. Of... <laughs> yeah, luckily it was. Um, it's it's uh, and I'm. Yeah, you never stop learning. Um, 
thank you, Nick, for everything <laughs> you've taught me and the different projects I've been able to work with you on. Um, I can only, when, it has to be a big project in my world where I can afford to get Jeremy out, but then <laughs> when I can and he's available. <laughs> All right, we should let you go because I think this is going to cut us off. Thanks again, Jeremy. Thanks so much. Such a pleasure. Have a good one. Nick, before we wrap this up, I want to ask you a couple questions. And this is going back, we're talking about personalities, what it's like to work in the camera field. Uh, but I just want to know for you, mm -hmm. um, how do you seem to stay so happy as a touchy-feely person when the world seems like it's falling apart every day? That's easy. Ignore it. <laughs> you have no feelings for anything that's going on. Eh? Don't watch the news. Don't read the news. I deleted the Apple news thing off my phone. So I can't even get to it because I found I was just oh, checking wow. it all the time. Um, yeah, just ignorance. Yeah. The, uh, you know, it's funny you say that too, because I, I know, well, I've been sending you stuff from Mark Mason all the time. That's like one of his things, like stop watching the news. Uh, that's step one. Um, now my secondary question for this, and I'm kind of wondering, cause I have my own answer to this question, but do you think that the reason we get along is, and even though we're opposites, is because we maybe have qualities about each other that are opposite that we admire? Yes. I don't think we're opposites. I think we have some areas where we're completely different, but not opposites. There's like a common ground for sure. Right. Um, and there is a, uh, on a professional level, there's a, well, at least on my side, I don't know if it's mutual. I'm going to say mutual by putting words, but if there's like kind of a, there's a level of respect that I have for your camera operating ability that I don't have for a lot of people's um, just because it's like, I, I feel like we can kind of keep up with each other, which is good and kind of push each other almost. Like I haven't had anybody really be able to push me at hockey operating in a long time until I started working with the Pats and it's just like, oh, wow. Okay. This guy can actually push me. This is crazy. Um, you know, for me too, like, I think, I think there definitely is like, I think that again, it sounds like I'm mocking it by saying touchy feely side all the time, but I actually think like, that's what I admire is like, I wish I've had talks with my mom about this. Like Nick's just happy about everything. Like, I wish I could be that way all the time and just, and, and be that, you know, sensitive to other people's needs and to stuff. Cause I know I'm not right. So I know I lack that. And I, I definitely, like I said, admire it in you. And like, I'm trying to learn that stuff from you. Absolutely. So the different things will bother me on different levels. So I, the new stuff doesn't bother me because I don't pay attention to it. But um, I want to solve everybody's problems all the time. And that's a problem because you can't. And uh, yeah, no, I got way more problems than you can even let on. So I, I still feel like solve your, your 
helping to solve problems is a lot better than like, this is how you solve it. And if you don't listen, shut up, like you're an idiot or, (laughs) or like, I don't care about your problems, solve it yourself. Right. Like, and that's, I think that's like where, like I said, I'm where I would like admire your approach, or at least I'm trying to find that middle ground between the two. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's more of, um, but then it's weird. Yeah. You're right. The different things. Whereas I would kind of respect or wish that I could um, ignore that thing that hurt my feelings that somebody said to me and how you can just like, what they even, what did they say? Oh no, (laughs) that wasn't, what? That wasn't even true. Why would it bother me? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, Nick, uh, another good night there. Uh, Like I said, there was a few things there that Jeremy said that were quite profound tonight, Uh, but uh, I think this is going to be a long enough episode as it is. So we should maybe jump off and just end it up. So good night, Nick. And good night, night, I guess, to everyone else, Everybody, even though it's probably not nighttime. Watch at night. If you watch at night. Yeah. Just pause. Yeah. And like I said, I gave the best advice that you could possibly get F11 and show up kids. Sorry about the interruption. No, that's how it is. And Nick's Nick's such a jerk. It had nothing to do with the platform. It's just Nick. <laughs> no, it wasn't even close to ending. I've, I have an unlimited plan. You've been the worst at that. This was your idea, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) I need to make the episode less about Nick and more about Jeremy as well. You know, it took Ansel Adams, you know, decades to figure out how to do what you do with the HDR button on your camera. Did you say Ansel Adams had an HDR button? Yeah, no. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, no, he basically, like, he (laughs) got it down to a point. The first one that looked in the manual. And red it was the like HDR, HDR button. Man, sweet. <laughs> Why wasn't I using this all the time? <laughs> but apparently he slayed the shot. Don't get me wrong, it was a good shot. It's fine. It's just not it just didn't slay the shot. He panned the camera a little bit and got it in frame. You know we gotta stop listening to Ryan. He's got a track yeah. record of this. <laughs> it happens every time. Which is bad for us because he likes both of our works, so that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we just really suck. Yeah. We should make fun of Brian for that. We should just send him random shots that are just horrible some yeah. days and just be like, we thought this was pretty good. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> but I remember distinctly somebody flashed like a thousand foot bang film before it got loaded, right? But so then you have two choices at the time. Oh my God. You could, you could tell the production or you can bury it in your numbers. You can account and get rid of it. So you'd have these short ends, and then you would, so you'd have 150 feet of film left, but you'd call it waste, and then you'd shoot it. So you'd be shooting something that didn't exist, and you'd be buffering it into that thousand foot. This sounds like a guy who hides all his, all his wealth when he's buying up half a moose shot. <laughs> But just, they're, just shell corporations and stuff. What what are those papers that just came out? The Panama oh, yeah. papers or something. But there was a guy, and I can't even say his name on here. <laughs> but he would walk away with at the end of the shoot, because I, I saw it with my own eyes, three or four rolls of film. Like he still literally stole it from production, but he buried it in the numbers. 
I've been pushing the touchy-feely. You've been pushing the, no, let's talk gear, man. Yeah, yeah, no, that's funny. We really just don't have our crap together as well as fully adjusted people. <laughs> oh, man, if people only knew how we run this show, they would be like, yep. <laughs>